Hello everybody, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. Rich is here. Hello everyone. Roy is here. Hello. And gentlemen, the nights are drawing in. It's dark when you come home from work, but don't worry because the Fancast is here whatever time of day to cheer that world up. No, I bear that in mind at two in the morning, yeah. Dave. <laughs> we, we were saying just before we come on air, we kind of did that polite, how are we doing? And we were all like, well, I was, and I think Rich was, I came into the conversation like, no, a bit shit, actually. So, <laughs> apologies for any barbed or any angsty sort of um, responses. It's not you, the beautiful, lovely listeners <laughs> that it's aimed at. It's just some people that we work with and have to coexist with in our daily lives. Deal with. So yeah. it's it's quite out that it's... For people at po- my work yeah. who listen to this podcast, it is more of a external people <laughs> yeah. internal. I think we've got to be careful because I, I do kind of need my job. Um, but yeah, I think on, on Bonfire Night there's probably a few people on a list that uh, I'd like to see a rocket shoved up their arse. Um, and anyway, that's on the that tone note. of the show, everybody. <laughs> uh, right, on the week, on the podcast this week we're going to talk about Arsenal, we've got Bratislava in the Europa League and we've got Villa in the Derby and we've got Twitter Corner and the quiz as usual. I might... Maybe I need to give Roy some clues on the quiz this week. Maybe just to make that's not patronising at not, all. No, 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 no. <laughs> just to make you feel happier, so I don't give you questions that you can throw some barboy oh, responses okay. to. You've got to keep me sweet. Okay, yeah. Am I just under the table? Right, right. It's this. Is this? Uh, Gents, we start on the topic that we all want to talk about. That is Thomas Frankowski, the missing piece of the puzzle. Um, Joe Edwards put this on Twitter from the Express Star this week. He's now a politician. Everybody, great he's, stuff. He's a member of the Polish Party Civic Platform. He's an MEP, so he gets to join our Farage out in those uh, those places. Um, he scored no imp- no goals in sixteen appearances. Yet um, his last team, which is Jagalona Bailoskok, I think, he uh, scored fifty two in one hundred and twenty games. It's pretty good going. He's not bad actually. Yeah. But I think that, that was the thing, wasn't it? Prior to to assigning him, he had a really good record. But I think in the Polish leagues potentially. So. Yeah, he's a bit of a crazy one, I guess, of a generation. He's one of those when things are going well, think, remember that time sort of thing. I think there was a post on Twitter today about, was it, did we point Lambert maybe around? I think Lambert was two years ago today, I think. Yeah, but sorry, just going on back to uh, Frankowski, yeah, I don't know his political views. (laughs) Um, If they're as successful as time is at Wolves, then he probably will be a short stay as MEP, but... Maybe he's found his um, calling. Maybe, maybe, Maybe he was the missing part of the Polish political puzzle. Yes, Maybe was that. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if, if they're a left wing, right wing, centre party, whatever these no. p- politics are. I was going to say, this could go horribly yeah. south. Yeah. With yeah. I don't want to wish him luck, just little, in case. With uh, little Polish politi- political knowledge. But, I mean, to be fair, there's been a good <coughs> amount of um, footballers getting involved in politics over the weekend. And I'm not going to lie, I was loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, because, to be fair, footballers, they're... Human beings like the rest of us, and they, you know, they pay taxes yep. like the rest of us. So they've got their views. They've got their views. Not enough. And you know what? I think we can all agree on this table. <laughs> they deserve every penny. Yep. So yep. I just, but they're so entitled to their opinion. But because they've got this wonderful, brilliant platform in social media. It could only ever go wrong. Yes, yes. Was it the Harry Arter thing? Did you see that? Yeah, the Harry Arter thing, the um, uh, the little spat between, uh, is it Lyle Taylor uh, Charlton? Did you see that I've one? seen none of this. No, oh, right. The Harry yeah. Arter one, go on. uh, we'll go for it first, was he managed to confuse uh, Jeremy Corbyn 
with uh, Boris, Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. And right. Because so, they Corbyn and put... Three hundred and fifty million pound slogan on a bus. Uh, okay. Yeah. He, okay. He got enough abuse for him to um, delete his Twitter account. Okay. Yep. Um, the I think it's Lyle Taylor posted something um, effectively around taxes and footballers, and sort of saying that why should I have to give any uh, more of a, my hard-earned money um, away in taxes? Yep. Uh, to which his former teammate Tony Watt, yes, formerly uh, of Celtic, Celtic no, now he's, he's, he's over. League, is he or somewhere? Uh, I think Sofia. Yeah. Um, anyway, out abroad was sort of fighting for you know the common man, saying <laughs> I'd happily give more money to make sure you know, uh, you know it might not benefit me, <laughs> but it'll be benefit my friends, my family, the people I grew up with, and they like turned to a spouse. Well, you live abroad, so you only pay about five percent tax. It's like two. Professional footballers slugging out of the political landscape. <laughs> Let me get yeah. my political football flag out. And, you know, no doubt, I'd better have a look at Carl Henry's Twitter feed. Oh, beyond there, he's a big well. uh, Brexit supporter, isn't he's, he? He's, oh, he's, right. he's very conservative. I, I, yeah. it's, it, it's funny, just though, when you like footballers that you associate with, um, particularly on a Wolves level, someone like Carl Henry. Who, you know, we've seen play so many games for us, and then you see him talking on social media, and I don't particularly agree with his political views, but. A fair play, you know. You've got you've got your platform. You're using it there, so maybe we'll see a little bit more Frankowski and his views on there as well. I don't know. I just want to know on this podcast, uh, Ben. Um, he's a big big Labour supporter, staunch Labour supporter. And I always wonder, will there ever be a day where someone like Patrick Catroni comes out and says he's a he's a big fan of Tories? <laughs> And just just break his heart. (laughs) Just break his heart. Uh, Right, let's move on from uh, France County to transfer rumours. Maybe the January window is starting to gear up already. There was a uh, a suggestion from David Ornstein, who works for the Athletic Day, used to be on BBC News for the sport. Um, He put in his weekly piece that Wolves could be in for Diego Ronte from uh, Real Sociedad. That is great pronunciation. This is the chance. Say it again. Hang on, I need to cough first because I've got a frog. Wait for this, everybody. Everyone, just do, 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 you know, ad lib. Amuse between cells. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Here's the chant for Diego Lonte. You ready? Okay. Diego Lonte. That's the chant. When we sign him, yeah. got to do the tongue as well. I, I thought it was Enrique Iglesias for a moment <laughs> in the room. Uh, so <laughs> he's just come off his show at Orders Lane. <laughs> he's, uh, so he's a defender for Real Sociedad. The piece suggests that Wolves were in for him last summer, uh, but decided not to go for the transfer. It uh, says that sources close to the family say there was a presentation of the local area given by intermediaries, um, which interests me. What oh, presentation of the local area would they have given to him? What would they have shown off? I mean, you've got Technopool, the man on the horse. Do you go as far as Black Country Living Museum? I think you would have to, wouldn't yeah. you? If Patricia's gone there, then you know it's you that, know, it, yeah. it's, it's a kosher, Yeah, there should yeah. be a plaque outside that says Rio Patricio came here. <laughs> so, but you know what else? You know, you have the. We well, can't do blast off now, can you? Really, because no. it's just you know once or twice a year. I'm just interested what did what they else? what what beauty spots of Wolverhampton did they put on there to convince him? You know, this is the place to come. Well, to be honest, Dave, you say to convince him. I mean, you don't need any convincing, do you? Really, it didn't really work. <laughs> I mean, I'd be I'd be slapping a picture of Bentley Bridge and going, yeah, sold. What else do I yeah. need to say? <laughs> it's the LA of Wolverhampton. There is everything you need. In one place, we've got the second biggest Greg's in the country at New Cross Hospital, which I think is a great yeah. contradiction. <laughs> it is, it is, and I've spent some time there. It's very bizarre. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's like anything you can kind of sell it. I, I, with my day-to-day job, you look at sort of houses that are listed online and then this is like Terry's house and then the next picture, it's, it's this lovely lake or river as if that has any reverence to the house. So, yeah. you know, you can kind of, you know, they all live quite locally. They all live, say, We sort of saw them at the Halloween party in Tetanol. I was going to say, speaking of yeah. houses, I don't know if it's in the running order, but you know what? It's my first show in six months. Okay. I'm going to just drive away from okay, it. Okay, go on. Did you see the um, Halloween party that some of the uh, mm. players and their families had uh, last week? I saw some pictures. I saw the video did where you they did the, the stop the motion. Mannequin, yeah. Yes, did you see that's the mannequin it. Yeah, challenge? Yeah. My immediate thought when I got sent that uh, the full-length video was, how big is that house? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Did you see the like, awards as well on the mantelpiece? I know it's a top one of those. It's, it's, all, right. it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It's all right. And also, to be fair, all, they're all quite young. I think, you know, probably Patricio or um, Martino and they only have sort of a couple of kids. It must have been about a seven-bedroom house. Mm. <laughs> I... I thought yeah. your, uh, Jota's costume was on point, wasn't it? Oh, the uh, yeah. Edward Scissorhands costume. There'd be, there'd be a lot of work in that. Like, you know, all right, there's a lot of stuff after the Villa game about us playing a weakened side and we needed to bounce back. Yep. I'd have been more disappointed if they'd done a, that Halloween party because they'd clearly put a lot of effort into it. It wasn't like turned around last minute. It wasn't like a podcast. You know, there'd been weeks and months of planning into that, David, to get those costumes right. And if they'd have like, turned up to training, because, you know, game was on Saturday, which party was on the Thursday, right? Party was on the Thursday. So, yeah. so Friday, they would have travelled down to London. If they'd have turned up to a coach with, ma- like, the makeup still on, or, you know, what? why have you still got uh, green hair, you know, Patricia? What, what's going on there? It's all happened to us after fancy dress. You, you can't always get it off in one go. It's good you know, it's that, good that's more than professional. But yeah. Yeah. They enjoyed it. They yeah. did okay on Saturday. And yeah. enough, yeah. You know what? I think, it's all fine. We'll allow it. I'll yeah. allow it. <laughs> I think with the, 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 the defender as well in the local area, I've been to a few sort of Q&As with ex-Walls players that I've watched. And I remember, I think it was Foley who mentioned, or I think it was Foley, that... There was a time, if you remember, that all the Wolves players were like living in Birmingham, living in Solihull and so forth. And he was actually making a, a good point, which I thought was a fair one to say. The team's doing very well because they're all closely knit. They all live in the area, mm-hmm. so they get to know the area. They get, yeah, to, yeah. They get to breathe, the, the, you know, uh, and, and go to the same shops. And I think they kind of really have embraced Wolverhampton. I mean, let's be honest, they're so dedicated. You know, you're not going to see these players falling out of nightclubs and so forth and there's not many nightclubs to fall out of locally Wolverhampton <laughs> anyway so culturally you know it's just kind of a place for them them to be but in terms of the centre half I can't profess to know a lot about him other than the fact yeah, that and, I was going to say I love how we've brought out this yeah. transfer rumour of you know a top level defender and we're going you actually don't know much about him let's talk about one. Yeah, I uh, never heard of him before before this I think it's yeah. interesting that they it was an overall by the sounds with him and he Jesus. Well, the, the story. I mean, David also suggesting this story that Man City were actually after him, but then decided to go after Harry Maguire at the time, so mm. then it, it fell to Wolves really. And then but it's interesting because they then dropped their pursuit of Harry Maguire, mm. and they're clearly in need of a centre back, yeah. at least one. So I'm interested to see why they never pick that back up. I don't know, like, I think yeah. it's kind of a clear one that Wolves are, you know, in the market for a 
defender, whether it's an, an addition as cover for someone like Bolly, if he's going to be out for another sort of three, four months, yep. or as someone who's that extra levelling quality that we've not potentially quite got with uh, Vallejo so far. Uh, talking of the January transfer window, there was a recent update from Jeff Shee via the Wolves channels. Um, he said in this interview we've got to the January transfer window, I think we'll have a good window. Oh yes, Jeff. <laughs> did Come he on. Wink, did he wink Come at the end of it? <laughs> Come on. I think he'd be saying stuff and stuff like that. I get the feeling that we actually might. The impression I... I think we put this in our group chat the other day. The impression I get was... Perhaps we didn't get some of the signings in the summer because there was that balance of, oh, we can be in Europa. Mm. And now that they are obviously targeting the knockout stage, maybe they will convince a lot of people they want. And I think um, I think Jeff said in the same interview that we need to give Nuno the support with the squad. Yeah. And I don't, I looked and I, I saw that and I thought, mm, I wonder whether he's thinking, yeah, we do actually need I to get fi- people in. I think it's very clear we are a couple of players short of a decent sized squad to compete on all yeah. fronts you know hence the team against Villa hence some of the teams in the Europa League as well um, and I think you know also we're coming up you know it, it'll be the uh, Euros in, uh, in in six months time yep. and you think a lot of the Wolves players um, are I was going to say European and continental play you know based it's an opportunity for them to get their foot in the door mm-hmm. before a major tournament as well. You know, look at you know the amount of Portuguese players we've got. If you know we signed a, a you know generic, uh, you know Jorge <laughs> Mendes uh, defender who plays really well for f- four months, five months, uh, plays in Europa League for Wolves, then that kind of gets them in the front door for a major tournament as well. So you know, signing for a team in the January transfer window before a major tournament can be a bit of a gamble but a lot of them might fancy it with Wolves yeah and I think just to that I think there's never really for me <laughs> been an issue with um, the club backing the manager for, for extra players I think there's probably been a little bit of concern and people reading between the lines where publicly Fosen have talked about selling the shares and talked about perhaps being a little bit more self-sufficient and so forth. So I think that video was timely for a lot of fans just mm. to kind of get them back on board to say they are serious. But however, I think Nuno will be the one perhaps in the summer who said, I don't need that many players. You know, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, so I won't labour the point, but he likes a small squad. He enjoys working with it. He keeps people happy. However, injuries, you know, aren't perhaps going to be as kind to us in terms of how they were last year. Bolly's a massive miss. So that just reinforces the need. And there was one any one there anyway. So I don't think we'll see a lot of changes no. because Nuno doesn't want a big squad. And I actually think, I'm reading between the lines, but... Jeff would probably be more inclined to say, are you sure you don't want more players? And Nuno would probably be like, actually, I'm all right, because that's the constraints I mean, of the squad he likes to work in. A little bit of a swap. So, you know, we've talked to, you know, we've talked about Gibbs White quite a lot, and he's come under a bit of fire. He's still only young, but Sonny, I think pretty much most people would agree he needs to go out on loan, get solid 90 minute, four games under his belt. But actually, we can't quite afford to lose him even if he's not quite at the level we need him to. So, you know, you'd almost accept us getting, a, you know, an experienced uh, central midfielder coming on on loan and him going out. Mm. Um, we we, you know, we like definitely some, need another centre midfielder. You know, midfielder. I think that's clear. Mm. Um, but sort of, that, you, know, bo- you know, both of those, um, you know, situations need happening. 
Let's talk about the game on Saturday then, gentlemen. Wolves got a one-all draw away at the Emirates to Arsenal on Saturday. Uh, Aubameyang with the opening goal for Arsenal, but Jimenez in the second half uh, stroke, stroke, struck uh, to give Wolves the point. It was another game, gentlemen. We all came away thinking, have we once again not got all three points here? But do we see it, firstly, as a positive point or is it two points dropped? I was going to say, I, I do see it as a positive point. I think it's really interesting that we've drawn three games in a row in the league and the perception coming out of each one is kind of massively varied. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we talked about um, last week, is it a free hit? Is it not? Arsenal are kind of potentially this wounded animal. We don't know whether they're going to sort of react well or badly on Saturday. Yeah. And I think Wolves... You could. I, I think a draw was probably a fair result by the end of it. I think there wasn't a lot to separate the two teams, and I think Arsenal clearly showed they've got a bit of quality about them. Helps if you've got two fifty million pound strikers on your books yep. and an eighty million pound winger sitting on the bench, even if you don't bring him on, and you've got Mesut Ozil starting. But you know. Arsenal almost a perfect team for Wolves to play, especially when we're in sort of our three-four-three, and ne- Neves, you know, fairly maligned um, by sort of sections of the fan base for sort of what position he's playing in. He was given a bit more freedom, a bit further up the pitch, and he, you know, was much more effective and you know than, like the Neves of old. Um, <coughs> but at the same time, like you know, the thing with Neves is he's brilliant when you give him time on the ball. I think for me, I mean, Neves was definitely a highlight from, you know, he has been patchy at best, to be honest. But in terms of the original question about, you know, point gained or two dropped, I would say it's two dropped because I think we can look in terms of context and say, well, okay, you know, historically, if you would have given me a point at Arsenal, I would have bit your hand off, etc., etc., etc. But actually, we're a little bit better than that now. So for me, it's a game where we had chances. You know, we talk about, the Jota chance, for example, that is a game, as well as the Newcastle game, where it's two points dropped. Now, I don't know if we find that uncomfortable because it might seem arrogant to say it's two points dropped because it's Arsenal, they're an established force, they've spent a lot of money, as as Richard's referred to, but to me, in the context of that game, that's two points dropped. It's another game where we should be looking to pick up three points. don't care if it's Arsenal, Man City, Man United, whoever it is. I don't think it should just be a case of, oh, because it's Arsenal, it's a point yeah. and we would have taken that. It should be, well, actually, with the chances that we had, with what we created, with how solid we were, how little you know uh, we had to defend, then... Really, you know, we should be picking up those points. Well, Wolves have collected 10 points from the uh, 18 available in recent games. They they seem to be a lot much... Trait word, eh? They seem to be better overall in both halves this time. It wasn't the groundhog day of poor first half, better second half. It just seemed like, on the balance, they finally... And I just wonder whether you've given this team a week's rest. Mm. They see, you know, ironically, they go back to their best. Yeah, I think the formation change helped as well. The fact that, you know, I think in the first half against Newcastle, you sort of had Doc playing at sort of right centre-half, Traore at wing-back, and it kind of felt that there was too many square pegs in round holes to make it work. We played a bit more of an open, expansive formation. Then Donker drops into the back three. Doherty's playing in his natural and his best position and you know you look at the last two seasons with Doherty playing there and his output's been 
nothing short of phenomenal. Um, Traore's further up the pitch, which I think it works best for him as well. Mm. And also, I think it actually, you know, talks about Neves, but I think it brings out the best in Jimenez, that actually he works best when he is the focal point in the centre of the pitch. Mm. For too many times I've seen this season, he drifts out wide and he can't get back in the box. And I think the goal was a perfect example of your number nine staying between the goalposts because that's where the goals Mm. come from. And I think it just brought out the best in everyone who was on that pitch for Wolves. Um, The only issue is if you're against a side who, you know, are a bit more physically dominant in midfield. And I think that's the only slight sticking point Mm. you could have. Um, But I think with the personnel we've got, and, you know... Say it, it's weird because it's the same result as, as we as we got against uh, Southampton, but the performance was much better and it's much more enjoyable. And I think you know for the first sort of fifteen minutes, we looked really entertaining and we looked like you say we we're like opening them up. We were looking really, really exciting as a team to watch. And you know we we're a bit more open at the back. Um, whether that was the changes and effectively playing. You know, free ball playing centre halves. Um, you know, yep, all yep. all essentially trained midfielders. Um, but you know, they only they only considered one goal. There's a couple of other defensive errors as well. But you know, I think it it, it brought out the best in everyone, and hopefully, sort of going forward, I'd almost take a adventurous one all draw, mm. one where it sort of stunk the place out. It was a good day for Nevers, good day for Johnny as well, Roy. He seems yeah. to be coming on this season leaps and bounds. He does, and I think the interesting thing with Johnny is um, he's been highlighted, as, as you rightly say, to to been a, a fantastic performer over the last few weeks. And I was interested to see how his season would go. Or conversely, I'd be always interested to see perhaps how Vinagra's season would go, and mm. you know how those fullbacks would would interlink. Um, What's really impressed me from Johnny, I remember in the, the Southampton game referred to earlier, is that he's looked more of a threat going forward as well, yep, actually. Yep. Um, so, you know, generally we've seen um, in this era of, of Nuno, if we just take that into context, where, you know, Doc has been the one that's been pushing on, he's linking up with Traore, and he's been the one that's been going forward. And, and although I don't expect Johnny to tip in with a number of goals, he's actually been... Um, I don't know. The shackles have been off him a little, I think, and I've, we, I think we've seen him. We know he's a very, very good defender. We know he's an excellent defender, and he's probably very underrated, actually, in terms of perhaps within the fan base and also as a, a further f- a field within the game itself. But no, I think Johnny's one we've got to mention because I think he's perhaps you know he'll know that there may be competition for his place and he's been excellent defensively and offensively as well. Uh, the Jimenez goal, well-worked goal, but it also felt like Arsenal fell asleep a bit for I that. I think they I... fell asleep, but it, it almost felt like it was a routine sort of planned yeah. goal. And something it always annoys me when you watch football, and you know, like especially with throw-ins, and they never quite know what to do. Mm. But actually, they seem to sort of have an idea of actually exploiting the space in behind and, you know, a hook crossover. You know, there's there's a reason Jimenez is standing over there rather than coming 15 feet, you know, 15 metres or whatever third forward to be the option um, for Johnny took the throw, I think it was. I think he'd switch sides at that. Yeah. I think. I, 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 you're right. I remember Traore was there, but yeah. he was almost acting like a dummy, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. To the yeah. throw. So I think it's... And, you know, having sort of effectively a third-man run from midfield, you know, it was clearly, 
one which had been worked, um, but they managed to do it because you know Arsenal sort of had dropped off a bit mentally. And I do think you put Catrone in where Jimenez's role is. I still think Catrone would finish that. I think that's his mm. position still, isn't it? He's still a, he's a box to box player. And, and I think this is the real difficulty with with Catrone. I mean. I can't praise Jimenez enough, actually. I probably don't praise him as much as he deserves because I think we take him for granted, actually. Um, but you look at his record so far with a number of goals in all competitions. I know a few have been penalties granted. But chances and ratio, I don't see him missing many. I don't think he's had a lot of chances carved out for no. him. And again, it was just another example of yeah being in the right place at the right time. And I take your point. And also, I guess then the argument then becomes, well... Can they play together? Because are they effectively, is what you're saying, adapting onto the the same role? Um, But I just think Jimenez just looks like he's playing with confidence. I know there were concerns about his his schedule. He's been out of the side a little bit. But yes, Catrone could be in those positions. But with his confidence at the moment, would he finish it Mm. as, as eloquently as Jimenez? I don't know. Jimenez just always looks like he's going to score when he gets those chances. I think he's been absolutely... I was concerned second season for Jimenez this year, but so far I think he's been brilliant. Well, he's, Wolves have now scored in 10 consecutive Premier League games for the first time ever, and Jimenez has now scored 11 goals in all competitions. Only Guero and Sterling have more from Premier League players. It just shows it, like Rice says. Mm. He's doing well. Um, I'm just look, look at the, I don't know whether Wolves missed some chances there to win it off Doc's chance in the first half. Mm. Reason to shoot it yeah. straight at Leno when he could have just buried it in the corner. He got the him not the him it's the Jota chance at the end. Yeah. Um, but Arsenal, I'm just thinking they were poor though at times. Mm. I was like, and I'm just thinking, what is happening at Arsenal? Like, Mark, uh, we we talked about it last week, and I'll I'll ask the question again now after last week. Emery, do you think he's we start at the beginning of the end of every oh, he's dead walking. Yeah. Right. I don't, there's I don't a know. cultural issue throughout that club, both from a playing level up to up to the board and externally to the fans. And it's not that it's ever that bad at Wolves, but there's clearly a poisonous atmosphere. Mm. And you know, I don't I personally I always think it starts with the players and the people on the pitch rather than it being the fans you know the players influence the fans more far far more than the fans influence the players but you know the way I can sit you know they're almost like in a way Wolves in 2012-13 where it's just absolutely it doesn't matter what some of those players do they get hung out to Mm. dry you know you've got players like Shodrick Mustafi right it's not amazing but he's a World Cup winner you know, same as Ozil. Yeah. And, you know, you've got these players who are dividing the fan base. And um, part of it, almost, you know, they're in a slightly more difficult situation, but they can't just bomb out all of those players mm. and just scrap it and get someone in in charge who's going to really kind of juvenile... Uh, juvenile? Rejuvenate. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll rejuvenate. <laughs> um, that... that football club and I think they assumed Emery was going to be that person but there's not an awful lot of changes between no. you know Wenger's last year and this team then, now they're, they're, yeah. you know I bet you couldn't really tell a difference in style of play or you know any anything really it's not like there's been a fundamental shift in that football club No but then also I think if you caveat that with you look at um, United post Ferguson. Mm. You know, you look at any big successful club who've had a manager in charge for a considerable amount of time. 
that next job is incredibly mm. difficult. And Arsenal aren't generally with that board the type of club who sat their managers. You could maybe make an argument because of the success of the Invincibles, etc., that Wenger probably had a little bit more time and he was afforded that. But Arsenal is a club historically and also in this, this era, they don't really sack managers. So I can't speak too much for Arsenal, but from the way I see it, I, I don't disagree with Richard. I think the toxicity has been borne out with you know on the pitch recently. We've seen examples of that with the captain going off, etc., etc. There's a lot of big personalities and um, to handle in a game. We, we've seen that in our own little way, but um, I don't know. I think I think from an Arsenal perspective for them, um, I would be surprised. I think they'll keep faith with him. And I dare, I think, I dare, I dare say yeah. as well, Arsenal fans. I, I'm I'm massively presuming here. Mm. But as an Arsenal fan, would you look at what's happened at Wolves and think, geez, that's what the unity, yeah. the organisation, yeah. the connection between yeah. players and fans, they must, hypothetically, you must look at that and go, yeah, that's yeah. what we want. I think with bo- both Man United and Arsenal, I think the the issue is that there's a sheer lack of succession planning. And, mm. you know, Man United one really bewildered me at the time. So when Ferguson left, you had, I think it was four main senior players, I think Ferdinand, Vizic, Evra, and I can't remember the fourth one. All went, all entered into the last years mm. of their contract in their mid thirties. So Moyes inherited a side that, you know, was greater than the sum of its parts. But all of those senior members, of, you know, and the leaders in that team, were all heading out the door. Yeah, yeah. And Arsenal's kind of in a similar position, but actually, there's a disparity within that club in terms of the lack of strong-minded senior players. Um, but also you've got wage issues at Arsenal. Mm. So, you know, they gave Mesut Ozil this 300 grand a week contract. But that is so, you know, and they effectively lost Aaron Ramsey because of it. Because Aaron Ramsey, who was a good, solid pro and was a leader in that team, wanted his wages matched with, Aaron, mm. uh, with Mesut Ozil, essentially. But their hands were tied because you can't, they can't afford... Uh, you know that outgoing on two players like that. And I think it was. I don't know if it was the Sunday supplement podcast or the TV show. They said that whoever the next manager is, it's perfect because you don't want to be the manager that replaces the long-term manager. You want mm. to be the manager that replaces the manager who replaced the long-term. And you know who wants the job? Jose Mourinho wants the job. And mm. all that history with mm. Arsenal. It would be so funny if he's the man that came in and took over Arsenal. But why not? You know, you wouldn't have fought him at United at one time. And I think you're right. I think it's the following the legacy of a manager is difficult, and it's often a lot easier to pick up thereafter. So we'll we'll see. But I think you know, even more reason to say. I'm disappointed with the point. <laughs> I was going to say, with <laughs> yeah. break, breaking news, oh. uh, Grant Jack has actually been stripped of his captaincy, Ooh. according to Henry Winter. Breaking news on podcasts, which you'll hear at a later time. It's good. That's what we like to do. Anyway, back on to Wolves, because a lot of people are listening. Yes. They're all saying, don't talk about Arsenal. Yeah. Talk about Wolves. Overall, gentlemen, how do you feel about the game? I mean, Roy, you're very much on the two points drop camp. Yeah. Rich, you're on the good positive point. I think positive point, yeah, I think... a I think a draw was probably a fair result by the end of it. Yeah, and it was the performance that we've been looking for in the last few weeks yeah. coming back. I mean, to, to add to that, yeah, absolutely. As, uh, from a performance point of view, it was a more consistent performance over 90 minutes. And, yeah, I, it, it's an interesting one because we talked about the fact that there's been times this season where we've certainly had a game of two halves, absolutely. Uh, probably other than City coming off the Europa. Um, but this was this was more like it. 
And then I think the formation may have as Rich said had part to play in that as well. Right. We're gonna talk more about Bratislava Villa. We've got Twitter Corner, we've got the quiz after this. Hey, podcast pet parents, you've got plenty to do and don't need more to worry about, especially when it comes to pets. So try Wonderside, a spray that kills and repels 100% of fleas and ticks and replaces spot drops or pills, which have nasty ingredients. Because it's plant-based, it's safe around kids and can be used on dogs and cats of all ages. Oh, and it smells amazing. Try it for 20% off at Wonderside.com slash podcast with coupon code podcast. That's Wonderside with a C. Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in. That includes a Nectar mattress, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, a 365-night home trial, and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com and get hugged. Hey everyone, it's David here. Now, you already know by now if I'm on the show or I'm not on the show, and my voice is here, you know, one of those silly ghost things. Anyway, I'm just here to say, um, we've got a lovely website, and our friends over at Pixel Yeti Media do that, and if you're looking for web design, or your business needs a new logo, or a bit of marketing, go take a look at pixelyetimedia.com, and also, they're not just web designers, they're also a creative agency that cover all your design needs, from websites to brochures and signage, to marketing, logo design, and branding. So, take a moment after this podcast and go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. Welcome back, everybody. Right, Europa League action coming up now. We're going to wander into Gdansk territory. Wolves have got Slava and Bratislava on Thursday night at Molyneux. Last time out, you know, it was a 2-1 away win with Sace and Jimenez getting the goals in the uh, behind-closed-door sellout stadium. Uh, Wolves, gentlemen, with a win, could be literally fingertips away for the knockout stage of the Europa League and would set up quite a tasty away tie to Braga in the next game. Where does Nuno prioritise? Is he going for Bratislava on Thursday or is he going for Villa on Sunday? This is this is really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, we'll come on to Villa uh, when, when we get to it, but it reminded me there that actually when I was reading up on, on Villa and their views, they, I think, had a perception that it could be that we take this one, the Europa, a little bit more seriously because of the position of you, as you referred to in the group, and that we're so close. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. It's I a mean, tough one to yeah, call. I think. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I think what we've seen from Nuno in the Europa, pretty much from day one, you know, back at you know when we played Crusaders, is that it's been a strong squad. It, it's been throughout, you know, the competition with a couple of tinkerings. It's generally been a, a strong squad. Um, this one, I, don't, I can't, I can't, go, well, can I call it, it will be a little, there'll be a few changes, minimal, I would mm. say, so I will sit on the fence and say he'll probably treat them as equally as important, to be I, honest. I just wonder whether the Europa League is would it will influence January in the type of players that we can get, and yeah. therefore the priority from high up, potentially, might be... Go for the knockout, get the knockout stages. We can get the people we might want to get in. Yeah, I mean, the only slight issue is if there's any sort of players who are potentially cup tied. If they 
played Europa. Well, there's no Jotteries there because he got sent yeah. off in the previous game, which I presume is just a one-game mm. ban. Yeah. Uh, so you might be looking at somebody like a trainee him and his anyway up front well, together. Well, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I'd I take a guess that probably everyone who was on the bench on Saturday will probably, you know, you, you've got Ruddy, who you probably start in goal. Um, Would he start Ruddy in goal then? Because he's always started Patricio, he's hasn't he? Started Patricio. Yeah. He's always started yeah. Patricio, yeah. yeah. So I wonder whether someone like Neto, for example, but might yeah, you've get got you've out. got um, Catrone, who I can see yep. resting. Yeah. You know, not quite like for like, but actually, you know, you could bring in Catrone in Neto as well. Probably, yep. you say in for Jota, Gibbs White, maybe be, yeah. maybe you rest mm. someone like Neves in the middle of the park. Kilman, I think. You know, you he, might, did, he did really well, didn't he? In the he first did, he game, did well. Yeah. You might as well sort of bring him back in. You know, Vinagre as well. Rest Johnny, as we say, mm. is you know had a good few games now on the side, and then maybe Tyler Perry. Um, you know, I don't think you'd risk sort of a midfield of Gibbs White and um, Perry. Yeah, but you know, I, I can you mm. can see sort of a good sort of five out of those seven starting. I think and that rests it, yeah. half your team. Yeah, I think my my only thing, just thinking about it, there is because we know that um, we've had issues in the defence this season, and obviously we highlighted the the Bolly injury at the moment. Off the back of a decent defensive performance, and it's still a relatively new defence. I don't think he'll want to tinker with the three centre halves. I mm. could I could be wrong, um, but I think Vinagra will probably get a run out as he has in the competition, and and Neto and Catroni. But that'll be that. He may play Gibbs White personally. I don't see what you're gaining playing Gibbs White because he's got enough experience for me mm. now. You've either made a decision on him or not. Only if you bring him in, it's the fact that you need to rest. I wouldn't want to rest Neves because he's coming off the back of a good game. So if I was to rest anyone, I'd probably rest Matinho. But I know he likes to have Matinho in this competition. I mean, the guy's won it. He knows how to control the game. So... I would say, yeah, Neto potentially um, and Catrone and maybe one of the full-backs in Vinagra, but I wouldn't mm. see much of a change. And that will probably be enough to freshen it mm. up. And if we're at a decent position, 60, 70 minutes in, then you know we can, re- we can reshake yeah. it a little again then. But we're out the Carabao, um, and, you know, he's... <sighs> I, I'm comfortable that he'll he'll alternate it, but not to a uh, level that will be that detrimental to to another big game on Sunday. Well, Bratislava, I felt in the last game, even when we were one 0 down, I thought you know Wolves will still go and win this game because yeah. they weren't all that. But yeah, the, their goal scorer, their number nine, Andras Sprar, I believe, he was very handy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was looking going. Oh, he knows where the back of the net yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And I pre- I wonder if you can keep him quiet for the game. Wolves, in my view, really should go out and, and win this game. I, I can see yeah. if Dendonka's at the back, mm. it being a proper man-mark, shirt-tight type of defensive. Mm. You know, almost like um, it, against Torino, uh, where Bolly in sort of the first sort of 20 minutes put a massive reducer in on uh, <laughs> uh, Belotti at front for them and just let him know this is my game yeah. and you'll almost think Wolves probably gave him a bit too much respect so he's got a really good scoring record and you know what it doesn't matter what league you're in if you're scoring goals you know where the back of the net yeah, is if yeah. you get a chance you know it wasn't I think it took like a little deflection didn't it in the first game you know it wasn't a great finish from memory but actually they all count and you have if you give people enough chance mm. it doesn't matter who you are and it'd be interesting what 
how Bratislava approached the game because again the off Wolves win Bratislava could still qualify over Wolves but they'd have to win their two remaining games that's why Wolves would be such fingertips away will they look at Wolves' previous games and go well if we come away to this and play deep and go on the counter ourselves knowing how Wolves are finding breaking teams down difficult if we come away with a point we're still in it yeah, really? I, I I think they'll probably set up a little bit conservatively, really, and probably be happy with a point. Um, I don't know the strength of their league, but I'd imagine it's probably not quite as testing as the Premier League, with all due respect. So this will be a massive game for, for them. So I think they'll be happy to play a similar game. I would expect them to set up similar to how Braga set up at home against mm. us and be a little bit one-up top and be a bit difficult to break down I'm, I, you know. I'm looking forward to it though we, it feels mm. like ages since the Braga game at yeah, home yeah. and we've got another Europe, Europe game at home and I, I still have to pinch myself thinking bloody hell we're playing like yeah. Europa League but you know we've still got in if, well, I think it's election day we've got Besiktas at home we've got Besiktas at home in the Europa I know. League I know. on election day election football I mean it's just everything everybody wants isn't it what more could you want on a Thursday <laughs> I'm gonna, in December I'm, exactly I'm going to Make my democracy, cast my vote, and go to the football. Put your cross in the name, yeah. and then for the the, the, the goal, first goal scorer of the day as well. Oh, yeah, I'm going to turn up on the polls and put a cross against the people I don't want to vote for, just mm. to make sure they don't get in, and then go watch the football. That's how it works, isn't it? Right? It is yeah. how it works. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> right, let's move on to the game on Sunday, gentlemen. It is Aston Villa at home. It's the first proper derby game of the season. Obviously, we had the two-one defeat in the Carabao Cup last week, but we don't really count that because it was a very much a changed game. Uh, Wolves have drawn the last three league games in a row and are unbeaten in their last six games. Uh, Villa are 16th in the league. They've lost their last two games, but in fairness, it was Man City and Liverpool. They had that last second goal with uh, Mane as well, losing as well. Uh, their previous two games to that, they beat Brighton and Norwich. Um, but I kind of feel like they, looking at the games they've had so far this season, they haven't actually played a team of Wolves' level without me sounding a bit... Um, big-headed there. They've always either played teams in the low half of the table or a top-six team, but maybe not someone in that upper echelon of, you know, sixth to tenth, I would mm. say. Mm. Um, again, so we'll, it's how we set up with Bratislava, I think, will decide how much he goes for this. Fan-wise, people will want this probably to be the priority. Yeah. I, I'd probably, I so. To be honest, I'd probably play the team we played against Arsenal. Mm. Whether whether you tweak the formation, you kind of try and go for that three five two with Doherty at the back. <sighs> Wouldn't be for me, but I, I'd have those, I would have those eleven players who started. Right, you went on the forums. I did. I did. It's becoming a regular thing. We need like a thing tune for the opposition forums. But what did you find on the forums this week for the Aston Villa Pete fans? Yeah, I've got to say it wasn't quite as entertaining as the Newcastle one I was on uh, recently. <laughs> but I went on Villa View and uh, and noticed a few comments. The, the general feel, really, I think, is is you know you referenced in there, Dave, in terms of the games they've had recently. They've had City and they've had Liverpool, and they've been actually quite unlucky, haven't they? They've done really well, but they because of the fact that whilst they've done well, um, they've not picked up the points. This is massive for them, mm. and I, and I think arguably it's a bigger fixture for them uh, than, than us, really, because we've got Europa and because. I think the way they view it, they've talked about us being a game which is important, but they've got Newcastle, I think, coming up, and they're saying that's going to be more of a significance because they, you know, treat them more as a as a rival in terms of where they are at the bottom of the table. Someone made a really good point to say as well that um, 
you know, Everton have got Southampton and they're thinking of teams down there at the bottom and they think Everton with, you know, um, what's happened for them in the week, they might be spurred on to the, the expect them to get a win against Southampton. So they're putting a lot of um, emphasis on this game. Um, they're wrapping Grealish up in, in sort of cotton wool, I believe, this week. But they also, I think, and this has probably been a theme from what we've talked about so far, they feel they can get at us on the basis that Bolly being out is massive, and I think that shows the level of respect Bolly has because they're basically saying, you know, if they get Grealish fit and they've got McGinn as well and they've got Wesley, then really they can they can get at them. They're also saying, you know, Nevers and Matinho they don't view as being the quickest, so they think again, you know, with McGinn maybe having some joy in that pocket of space between them and the back three. Um, so I think they're a little bit downbeat at the moment because they've played well but not picked up the points mm. so they're seeing this as as a massive game um i mentioned it in the whatsapp group earlier and it really did make me laugh because they, they they're saying that in terms of this being a derby it's been coined as the twitter derby because they kind of feel that actually it's only the fans on twitter are really that bothered about <laughs> this in yeah, terms yeah, yeah, of yeah. The, in terms of the context yeah, of the game and I, I spoke to um Somebody from from sort of out, outside when I did a bit of radio last week, and they talked about this being a rivalry. And I said, it's never really been a rivalry. Let's be honest. It's always, and we know, and I'm preaching to the preach, so excuse me, but we'll know that you know the the derby round here is is Albion, obviously for for Villa, it's Blues. But I think it's kind of taken a little bit of a it's an up, edge over the last few years. It's really yeah. gone up a few notches since the championship when we were in the championship. Because personally, I even now. I'm not that fussed about this no. as a derby. I, mm. I appreciate there's a lot of people out there who really are committed to it, but I just wonder, is there an element because of how the teams have yo-yoed in the Midlands and Wolves have played Villa quite consistently in the last two or three years, whether, you know, we haven't got West Brom to play, could be next season has how's the league's going, but it's almost like we need to attach ourselves to a derby. Mm. And Villa used to be this massive team. Now they've been humbled by going down to the Championship. I don't know. I can see yeah. why there's elements why people have gone. Oh, I hate Villa. I think it's. I think there's a bit to it. I, I mean, I think from a Villa perspective, you know, they talked about the fact that we used to play each other in pre-season friendlies. It was that sort of derby, and then probably in a patronising way where mm. we would play Warsaw and so forth. Mm. Um, but I think for the way I've seen it, sort of rank up by the last couple of years was perhaps the the ex chief exec was it Wyness who was in charge Keith Wyness and they talked about reporting us to uh, yeah. the football league about they were concerned about Mendes and the links and so forth so I think it's been ranked up but also to take Dave's point it's the fact that your rivals can change and they can, that can be quite fluid because if you don't play someone for so long I don't say the Albion loses edge because someone come at me and say actually because of that I build up expectation I get that but the rivalry has kind of intensified a, a while, you know, a little bit over the um, last few years. So I think they're nervous. I think they're apprehensive. I think they're still kind of getting used to the fact of this being a, a rival game to mm. them. But for them, it's this is a massive must-win game, and I think more important to them than it is to us. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it feels like it's pretty much seen since like Zenga was at was at yeah. Wolves, but it seemed yeah. to really kind of spark a little bit of something in fans um, you know it was their first season back in the championship you say if they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder you know yeah. that's been so long in the top flight um, you know at the end of the day I think you, you're right it's it, it's a derby it's a 
you know, fiercely contested mm. game. It's it probably will never it won't ever eclipse the Albion, but it's probably like surpassed like against Blues, who we had mm. sort of quite a long standing one. But in hindsight, that was obviously regionally based, but it was exemplified because we're in the same division of them. Yeah. And I think they're the same to happen with Villa now. What was I, I, don't, I think I think I could see you were looking at it, Rich. What's that tweet that somebody put in the group I think Ben put it in the group from the Villa fan about um trying to get somebody took his ticket. Wasn't, uh, I thought yeah, I saw so, it. No, I think I think there was there was a guy's Richie looking for it that um, was moaning <laughs> to the club about not being able to get in, but realising he's been banned. I think repeat some of the language. Yeah. Just, um, just use just use some, other language. Some cheeky so and so has used my uh, reference to buy a Chelsea ticket for swearing emojis I'll be going to the ticket office with my ID tomorrow to address the situation and find the person responsible who will be getting named and shamed and absolutely livid hashtag uh, AVFC hashtag UTV that was all in caps locks by the way okay, just to give you the anger of, that, of what he thought happened so the next tweet which goes down to lowercase <laughs> I'm the first person to whip when I'm wrong so I'm wrong just been to uh, just been to VP to discuss the um, Scusborn nicking my reference. It turns out, in fact, that I got flung out um, for being levered. Hence my reference being locked until I sign a behaviour agreement. What a prick I am! <laughs> hashtag AVFC. Hashtag UTV. Good. He got the he got the hashtags in. Yeah. So everybody just, would know. Just so we all know. <laughs> um, going back on the on the game. I mean, if if Grealish does play with McGinn, you feel that they they that would be the influence from from Villa. That would be the danger men. From then, apart from Wesley as well, I think if they control that midfield, they'll get a good foothold in that game. Yeah, completely. I mean, I look at their their side, and those are the two really. McGinn, for me personally, he's more so player. than yeah. Grealish. I think he's a really top top player. Um, so those two are the, the danger men, and I think they work hot. You know, work well with Wesley as well. Um, defensively, they've been so so, and Mings gets a lot of plaudits. Um, but yeah, those those two are key, um, and I think psychologically, I think we'll be okay if Grealish is in. I still fancy us, but if psychologically uh, Grealish is out, I think that will probably give us a little bit of an advantage. I think as well. He's such a talisman. Yeah, for talisman them. more than you anything. know, like yeah. You know, I think we've argued in in the group for you know actually in terms of ranking their midfielders. Like actually, is he their best one? It almost doesn't yeah. quite matter because it's you know the it's almost like the idea of Greenish for them's bigger than you know it's probably the same with someone like Martino mm. for us mm-hmm. uh, or, or Neves in a way. You do know that if he does play, it's all set up for a Greenish winner. Oh yeah, you do know so. that that yeah. will happen. Anyway, yeah. that's Villa. I'm not going to do right. predictions because I okay. think it's a derby. It could go anyway, but hopefully we'll also win. Um, mm. Let's do the quiz. Everybody, okay. it's Rich versus Ryan on the quiz. Get the notepads out oh, again. Let us know how you get on the quiz. People do tell us more and more every week how they're getting on, and they get very excited when they actually get one right. That is the standard of the quiz. Uh, at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, uh, Wolves Fancast on Facebook, and email us podcast at wolvesfancast.com. Let us know how you got on. Gentlemen, are you ready for this week's quiz? Yes. Oh, my. Can Rich come back with a debut? Victory? Almost certainly not. Uh, Roy, have you got a? Um, this is a genuine question. Have you got a point on the quiz yet? As in, like an overall win? Because it's you, and I know you're not taking the piss. The answer to your question is not as yet this season. Okay. No, I All have right. recorded one in, in yeah, maybe last year. Okay. <laughs> First question, gentlemen. Wolves is Adama Traore previously played for Sunday's opponent Aston Villa in the 2015-2016 season. What shirt number did he wear? What shirt number did Traore wear when he played for Aston Villa? 
Um, yep, and like I say, let us know how you got on Twitter at WFC Fancast. So Roy is straight in on there. Straight in with 16. With 16. I went 17. He went 17. The answer was 20. It has oh. to be bang on, everybody. We're not going for nearest. Bang on. Number 20. Uh, Thursday's opponent, Slovan Bratislava, currently, are currently coached by Jana Kozak, who played for them a lot down the road in 2006. That's West Brom, by the way, if everybody wants to <laughs> just clarify that. Uh, but who finished top scorer in all competitions for Wolves in the 06-07 season? So the first part of the question was completely irrelevant. But right, we, yes. We want to know who was the top scorer in all competitions for Wolves in the 06-07 season. There will be a non-bonus point just for fun if you can tell me how many goals it was. 06-07. the 2016-07 season. I think that was my second year at uni that season as well. Good times. Good times. Uh, right. I'm terrible at this. Um, I probably had a season ticket and watched every game, um, but I'm just going to go Dean Sturridge. Dean Sturridge is Roy's guess. Probably Rich. wrong era. I've wrote his name slightly wrong, but I've gone Jay Bothroyd. Jay Bothroyd, the answer. With 11. Ooh, the answer, though, is Olofinjana. <laughs> right, wow. Who got how many goals, do we think? 10. Got 10 goals. Oh. Yeah, 10 goals. Oh. Uh, next question. Uh, eight years ago tomorrow, Wolves ran out 3 1 winners at home to Wigan. Can you name our scorers that day? So, eight years ago tomorrow, which was the 6th of November for time of recording, Wolves ran out 3 1 winners at home to Wigan. Can you name the scorers that day? It is three individual scorers. I will let you have that. Three individual scorers for Wolves in 2011, I believe, if my maths are correct. 2011. I think we might have to do the tiebreaker here as we're going to shorter quiz this week from Dan at what, WWFC what scares Fancast. Me? Has anyone got to the final stages on 0 0 in the quiz? Oh, I've got my have. three names, by the way. Okay, so oh. Rich has got his three names right. I haven't got is, is it point um, Go on. Or any of them, all of them? I'm just taking a wild guess. Um, oh, actually, to make this interesting, we will give a point for each one. Okay. Let's make so, it interesting. Just, I'm just conscious of how far this quiz is going to go. Yeah. A point for each one I will allow on this quiz. So Roy is typing I'm away. Just, I'm just randomly putting three names in here. <laughs> uh, Smith, Jones yeah. and Booth. Okay, fine. Okay. Uh, Rich, you seem to be more confident on this one. No, I'm just... Probably fair to say. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I went Doyle Fletcher Jarvis. Doyle Fletcher Jarvis. Yeah, I, I, these were a few years before, I think, because I went Court, Kennedy and Miller. Uh, yes, a few years before, right. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Rich, no answers there oh, as come well. come on. Uh, they were on top score scorers. It was uh, Dave Edwards, Dangerous Dave, Stephen Ward and Mr. Jamie O'Hara. Unbelievable. With wow. the goals. Uh, so this is the final question before the tiebreaker. I feel like we might need uh, the tiebreaker. This is going well. Here we go. Yeah. You ready for this one? In 1605, Guy Fawkes failed a group plot to blow up the Houses of Parliament. But how many league goals did former Wolves Villa striker Guy oh, Whittingham, there we go, you knew where it was yeah. going, score for Wolves in the 90s? So we all know about Bonfire Night. For our uh, listeners from abroad, uh, Guy Fawkes, we celebrate Bonfire Night because uh, a man called Guy Fawkes failed in a attempt to blow up the House of Parliament. So in celebration of that, we set off lots of fireworks. I love we're giving them this. Yeah. They're, they're, they're too lucky. People need to know the history. Yeah. Uh, but how many league goals did former Villa striker Guy Whittingham score for Wolves in the 90s? Again, um, we're going to go bang on because I would like to do the tiebreaker question if we get to it. I might just do it for fun. Uh, Rye. He was with us, I think, more for more of a good time than a long time. 
Um, I'm going to go 18. 18. Richard? 26. 26. I can tell you, he didn't score very many. Oh. It was nine. Oh, okay. Nine goals. So we do the tiebreaker, everybody. Hooray! Yes. Nil, nil. It was a draw. Someone, is, someone so is going to win this. So it's going to be number base. It could literally be a default win. It could be. Wow. This wow. is like the. I mean, when the records show at the end of the season, I feel like this should be an asterisk <laughs> yes. next to. Uh, <laughs> this is like the thankfully the early rounds of the Carabao Cup where it has to go to penalties now. We don't have to stay for extra time when you're thinking just somebody win. Um, right. The tiebreaker question: Former Prime Minister and all round. Person I will use, uh, David Cameron, is supposedly an Aston Villa supporter. Do you remember that time when he mixed up Villa and West Ham? Yeah. Uh, that's not the question. Uh, but how much did we pay for Colin Cameron in 2001? Uh, so the question really is how much did we pay for Colin Cameron in 2001? It will be near- nearest answer, gentlemen. Please don't make it complicated for me on the maths. Uh, but nearest answer for Colin Cameron, 2001, the fee. I really want to get this because I loved Colin Cameron. <laughs> loved him. I remember him signing from Hearts. Are we good if I don't get any points for this. So I'm not no. honestly, but I just I just loved him. What uh, I do want to say is, and to give us the answer on the phone, is Colin Cameron, yeah. right, Colin? <laughs> uh, so, Rich, I believe he's put it down. I I'm gonna I'm down. gonna wait for Roy to put down his answer. It's nearest answer wins. <gasps> I can feel the tension at home. I can feel oh. the people listening on the way to work, on the way home, on their headphones, on the bus, or whatever. Um, they're also tense to know who gets this right. It will make their day. Oh. It will break their day. Okay. There's, there's Team Rich. There's Team Roy. Yeah. Which team will succeed? Uh, oh, okay. Right. I've, okay. I need to show those answers at the same time, gentlemen. Um, and so, well, Roy showed you that. So we've got two million. We've got hundred tw- hundred twenty-five thousand. I can tell you, gentlemen, the answer was one point seven five. Point seven five. Just that is Roy. Yeah, I yeah. Wow. Think have paid that much. For uh, that. So Roy, you oh, win. You wow. win the quiz I? by default. Oh, the penalty shootout. You got it. This is a strange experience. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. Oh. And if you've got any questions at home, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you've got any questions at home, right? Let us know at WWFC Fancast, Wolves Fancast on Facebook, and of course a podcast at WolvesFancast.com. Gents, it's a Twitter corner. Uh, we get these. E- we, we've had emails about this when people say, "Oh, well, I haven't done a question because I haven't got Twitter." You don't have to have Twitter. We've just called it that for so many years. Uh, Wolves Fancast on Facebook, podcast at WolvesFancast.com. If you've got a question, silly or serious, we will take any question. Gentlemen, I'm going to be very kind to you this week. There are two resting questions. I will not ask those questions because I mean I would love to answer them, but oh, I would be here. For, I would yeah. be here for another podcast, so I won't. <laughs> so apologies for the resting question, people. Uh, Ollie Wood probably already been asked once, but best Simpsons season and episode. Big fan of the show, Hollywood as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah big show. He did. Yeah. Thank you, Ollie. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go for episodes of this because I think I I lost. I lose myself in what series is what in the I early. I was going to say. I'm thinking it's either going to be six or seven. Yeah. So six and seven were the who shot Mr. Burns finale yeah. and yeah. opener or end of series season six. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of an exact episode, I actually I don't think it's from six or seven, but the monorail episode. Yes. Yes. When uh, Lennon Newmore like disappears, yeah. D- did I? <laughs> did I? I'm 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 not struggling here because I love The Simpsons, but as my quiz story uh, tells you, my memory's shocking. I, I'm going to say something now, but then I might get thrown off the quiz by saying it because I don't know. I'm going to gorge Dave in particular what he okay. thinks to my response. But I tell you, the episodes I didn't like. <sighs> 
the Halloween episodes. Yeah, I was yeah. never really I, a fan of the Halloween that. ones. I, I remember on a Sunday night when it came on, and, and me and my dad used to watch it religiously. Six was it? Oh, six Sky One. Yeah, and it came on, and it was oh another tree house with bar. Treehouse of Horror. Oh, In fairness, yeah. I agree with okay. that. I used to turn I'll, them I'm off. Re- I'm relieved. I used to love. We used to be on Sky One. We used to have mm. the uh, Domino's adverts. <laughs> As well, that's always yes. what I remember from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, fa- I think, got t- a joint too. The one where it's in the early series where Home decides not to go to church one day, yeah, and he gets like a waffle stuck on the ceiling and the house is on fire. For some reason, I love that episode. And there's the one where they have the three mini episodes about different characters. So there's the uh, lovematic grandpa. Yeah, uh, Chief Wigan PI with his hot, sexy adventures in New Orleans. Yeah, yes. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, was it? Um, oh. oh, what was the other one? I don't know. Was it about a comic book guy or uh, Frank? Oh no, was it no. Super? Was it um, Superintendent Saunders and? It was the um, where he burnt the oh house. the clams, the clams yeah, episode, the clams, <laughs> the clams episode. The roll boy. People need to go on YouTube and find uh, Jeff Goldblum. Doing reading out the script of that episode, ah. and they mirror it to um, Skinner doing that. Oh, it is fantastic. I, I did like the uh, was it Mr. Player when he was Mr. Player. Oh, Mr. Mr. Player. But wh- one of the and it's so daft. It's just a one liner which I just really enjoy and I remember from the Simpsons when Carl and Lenny were at the power plant, and Homer had got the sort of his his desk, his workstation in front of him. And it was just a line that just killed me. I think Carl just turned around very silently to Lenny, or it might have been in the reverse, and said, right now he's about to do something completely stupid. And then I think he just drops his glass onto the workstation and it goes crazy. And it was just the fact that Carl and Lenny were like looking as if it was like a wildlife program, and <laughs> looking at homewards like an Attenborough style to say, "Look at this species." He's gonna. I just saw. There's, there's just a, the writing, brilliant. It's still. I, I felt we could uh, talk ages yeah. on this one, and yeah. I have to get this out because it's in my head already. There's a line in one of the early episodes where um, pa- Patty or Selma take Bart and Lisa to Duff Gardens because Homer gets ill and he can't <laughs> take them. And Lisa um, is on the water ride with Bart, and Bart dares to drink the water, and then she goes all crazy. And it's a scene when they're in the doctors, and the doctor goes, right, have some of these, have some of these, now have some of these. And Patty goes, all Samuel goes, oh, thank you, doctor. And he goes, oh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I always, it's my favourite line. I just absolutely love it. Uh, right, moving on, gentlemen. I think we've had this question before, but we'll answer it again. Colin Bayer, I'm going to say, uh, Bolly or Adama in a fight? Oh, Oh, I go Bolly. Jeez, I, I, I go see Adar- this I, in a WWE I, I, match. Yeah, I go Adama. I will go Adama as well. I think yeah. he's got the the, the 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 brute strength, nastiness. Yeah, yeah. book that on a WWE pay per view. Not Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman. Ooh. Although he did get like five minutes of fireworks. Anyway, Mark Shipley, favorite pie. Mine's chicken and mushroom, closely followed by steak and kidney. Balty. Yeah, I like a chicken balty yeah. at Molyneux yeah. in the South mm. Bank. Yeah. Followed by a steak pie. Meats and potatoes boring. Mm. You'll have it if there's nothing else and it's inoffensive. But yeah, I'd, I'd say boring. Rich, pie wise, what's taking your fancy? See, initially in my head, I didn't go. I, I was thinking apple pie in my head. Oh, oh right. okay. I know, okay, okay, right, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. That was where my head was yeah. going with. I it. think, well, that's something. He doesn't state whether no, it's a hot, you know, uh, sweet or savoury. Yeah. I can't imagine you at the game with an apple pie. No, but it doesn't say about the game, <laughs> does it? No, no, no. It just says favourite pie. Uh, okay. You know, 
if anyone in the fan cast would have apple pie a game, it would probably be me. Yeah. So. I will allow an apple pie answer in there. He's yeah. not specified which one it was. Uh, Alex Moore, former fan casting, says your favourite film from the year 1980 has to be Blues Brothers for him. I mean, I'd have to open that up to the 80s in general, really. And yeah. Probably Back to the Future, I presume it's from the 80s. Mm. It's still my favourite yeah. film of all time. Goonies. E.T. It's a great era of films. My Girl. Um, oh, My Girl. Yeah. There is a DVD of My Girl in there, which ah. was, I think Catherine might give away in the uh, the Music Mad Pie thing. So, oh, okay. so yeah, just a little fact there that oh. nobody needs to know about. <laughs> uh, anybody else favourite films in the 80s, Rich? W- do you look I'm, back at those films? I'm genuinely drawing a blank on anything. Was Top Gun in the 80s? Or is I that think 90s? so. Yeah, Never Ending Story, I presume that was the oh. 80s. Never Ending Story. Love it anyway, Rich. It's all right. Don't no, worry. John, Don't a worry. So many good films. Uh, Richard Wood, and I think this is a, a general podcast question anyway. Which historical Wolves player that isn't Steve Ball do you think would best slot in the current lineup? Dean Richards. Dean Richards, Dean I Richards. think, is a, is yeah, a key one. Yeah, I was going to say, weirdly, yeah. it comes to my head defenders. So, Dean Richards, yeah. I say Julian Lescott as well in his peak playing left of the back yeah. three. Yeah. Um, John DeWolf. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, for the name yeah. still. Yeah. Really name, yeah. yeah, I feel that marketing-wise, I think <laughs> Rob, Rob, Robbie Keen to bring on for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Colin Cameron. Right. Colin Cameron. Yeah. Well, Colin it's, Cameron. It's if we went quiz. to be fair, if we went to a three-five-two and you needed one player a bit further forward, very good player. There we go. Bring him back in time. Yeah. Get that time machine. Uh, Ash Dolan, regular fan cast listener. Thank you very much, Ash. Uh, knowing now that we've drawn, li- we could have drawn Liverpool. And that they're playing the day before the Club World Cup match, hence putting out a really weakened team. Would you have taken the Carabao Cup a little more seriously, knowing we'd have a great chance of getting to the semi-finals? I think that's for you know looking at in hindsight now. But if we'd if we'd gone through and it was Liverpool, we'd, they've got to play two different teams. I think it's been announced today mm. in forty-eight hours. Would you have been a bit more confident going into that game? Yeah, I mean you can't kind of go well actually. Um, we'll take it seriously because there's a probability that we'll draw this team and their schedule is this. However, to answer his question, um, and I, I won't repeat it too much because I've, I've mentioned this before, I feel as if he should have played a strong bench and, and got us through. So I do feel mm. he should have been taking it a bit more seriously than he did. Rich? I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with playing um, sort of a, a rotated side, but the fact he didn't have senior players on the bench kind of indicates that he wasn't preferred to gamble and go for a win, which I feel is a, a bit of a cross against your name, mm. personally. Uh, Sean says, as an Canadian fan new to the Premier League and to the Wolves, how much do I care about tournaments compared to league play? In the end, what should I value more? Ooh, interesting. It's a, it's a tough question because interesting. I've mentioned recently that I would take mid-table this this season or even a little bit lower and do really well in the cup so for me from league position unless you're going to win the thing then I take the FA Cup and a day at Wembley all day and people from outside of England probably don't Mm. understand the the history and the attachment of the FA Cup and how last season especially why it was so important Mm. to have those cup runs I I think for our Canadian friend um, the FA Cup is is amazing, and I think that uh, and having your day is is something which I think we've all brought up, kind of you know, with the mystique of that. So um, yeah, they should be taken seriously. Certainly the FA Cup, anyway. I think league form is your bread and butter. It's whether yeah. you survive and progress as a side. A, a league cup is a nice 
thing to achieve and have those history of memories, I would think. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it, you know, football and sports is about memories mm. and you get more of them from tournament football than you do anything else, whether it's yeah. at an international level with uh, England or, you know, that. It's weird, but, you know, my first footballing memories watching England mm. basically yeah. knocked out of major tournaments but it's also saying you know what Wolves will remember this year isn't beating the current league um, title holders 2-0 away from home It it's probably going to be playing Braga away from home or yeah. beating Besiktas in the last minute I don't know um, what happened with the FA Cup semi-final last year, but I still, you know, I look back at times mm. of the, the, the Man United game at home with Jota's goal, and I just yeah. have so many happy memories yeah. of that day mm. and that night, and that's what it does. Um, we're going to go to the last question, gentlemen, from Wolves FC Mod, who says, Bovril, yes or no? No. Yeah, I am also in the no doesn't. camp. Do unfortunately it's like an anti-Wolverhampton thing isn't it to say no to Bothell yeah. uh, but unfortunately Lose we points. are in that uh, thing uh, Jake did ask a question on Twitter about was the Arsenal result a disappointment in the grand scheme of things or was it fair I think we answered that on the group chat Jake keep it in the group chat yeah. <laughs> not on this this is for actual listeners <laughs> keep it in the group chat we can do a different group chat section yeah we will answer that in due course. Yeah. Uh, gentlemen, that is the end of the show, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. You can follow us on social media uh, throughout the week. Just type in Wolves Fancast and you'll find us there. And we'll be back next week, everybody, to talk about that game against Villa. And hopefully take the first thing in the derby, whatever it is. Bragging rights, that's what they call it. Uh, anyway, for this week, gentlemen, it's bye from Rich. Goodbye, everyone. Bye from Rye. Bye-bye. Bye from me. See you next time. <laughs>